You are listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, a.k.a. She. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. So I want to thank you all for being here this morning. Maybe you're listening to this this morning, Sunday, and we're heading into the winter equinox and the winter season in northern hemisphere and I appreciate your patience with last Sunday it was a little uh, interesting snafu I've been having uh, quite the interesting (laughs) power struggles with technology so what I decided to do for this Sunday is to do audio only uh, because the, the Sunday segment is conducive to that and then the classes this week will just go to Vimeo uh, because I'm still having trouble with my Gmail and that way it'll be available and I won't have these other influences causing issue until I get that figured out. So I appreciate your patience and then also I'll, I'll transfer those so they can be just available on a streaming service too so you can access them. And um, I really appreciate it. And for those that made offerings last week, please contact me. I'd love to extend a session to you uh, for your contributions. You know who you are. So thank you. Uh, So let's dive in today. Uh, We are entering into the season of winter and summer on planet Earth. The yin and the yang, the dance between the fire and the water, which is really exciting. And this talk is to dive a little bit deeper into karma, uh, what is happening right now as we are in a definite extreme polarity pool. We have an opportunity to actually reconcile karma within ourselves and show up in such a way in every moment that allows us to not create more cosmic withdrawals from our bank account and pave our way into our future. So within every moment, we're given a choice to decide how we want to show up emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. And I will acknowledge it's not easier said than done because sometimes you're giving way to something that's greater than you. Maybe there's an emotional response that needs to happen because it'll be the catalyst to move things around. Uh, I'll equate it to similar, like if a company has to restructure they have to let people go. And obviously the people that have the jobs don't want to be let go yet. There's a series of events that occur to move those people out of their jobs to where they're supposed to be in the next or moving towards where they're going to be in the next. And that's sometimes not easy. So everyone plays a part in those moments. And that's what I mean that sometimes we could really say, Oh, I want to be still, I want to be non-reactive. Yet there's this karmic dance, this lila and samsara that we're all participating in. So we can't really circumvent the fact that we will sometimes participate in ways that might be shocking to ourselves. And for those of you that have children, you might sometimes have caught yourself saying, wow, I just sounded like my parents, or I can't believe I said that, or I can't believe I reacted that way. And that's that dance we're in until we start to step further and further out. And with the teachings of karma, it's not as simple to say it's an eye for an eye or someone's going to get a payback because there's positive building karma 
meaning that it builds the energy and it's for the benefit of self and others. And then there's one actions that we choose and it's diminishing to self and others. And so a lot of time right now, as we're in the age of darkness, that we feel entitled, we feel that we're allowed to hold this place in the ground or we're allowed to take this because we're entitled to it or because our ancestors lost that we should be given something now but this is all a karmic cycle we're in so we can look at all the atrocities that we created and get stuck in one point in time and think oh that's not fair but the reality is is that something in those moments led those conditions to be so and today I had or yesterday I had the most auspicious interaction with a woman whose husband's done a lot of prolific work about shedding light on how the indigenous lands of North America, Turtle Island, were taken from the indigenous people. And so we can look at that and say, okay, the European culture came in, they had a nefarious plan that is still being upheld through our court system to this day to take the lands and obliterate the indigenous culture. And this isn't just in North America, it's taken place all around the globe. And so it's shocking, it's horrifying, it's upsetting if you look at it. And, you know, at the same time, and having gotten to work up close and personal with some tribal nations, something allowed that to happen, meaning that something allowed them to give way to that circumstance and lead us to here. And so that is kind of the polarity of the push pull in those situations. And then really the consciousness isn't about they were wrong, they were right. Uh, now what do we do? The consciousness comes around is to how are we integral to the human species? How are we integral as a human to human in every moment? to honor the highest and the best for all. So imagine a different story uh, that the Europeans decided to come to different continents and islands and places around the world, but they didn't have the motive to take something, for whatever reason, to take something that wasn't theirs, especially from caretakers, people that understood so deeply how to be in harmony with the planet. Instead, they, they came and said, we want to learn from you. We want to learn so that we can go back to our land and honor your land the same way. Now, that's a different conversation. And then what happens in those moments is that then there's a building of energy versus a diminishing energy. And so we can get stuck in our mistakes or we can say, how can we do it better moving forward and how can we derail something that was put in motion karmically maybe by ourselves or others that's a big global example but personally how can we derail something that we put in motion for ourselves and maybe it's an action that we made in another lifetime and how can we shift that in this moment because it's not comfortable when we meet adversity in this lifetime to pay back our karmic debt reconcile what needs to be learned and move forward and so it's easy to be the victim but there's no need the the need is to reconcile within self like wow why is this so why did I allow this to happen and what 
tools do I have to shift how I show up in the next moment for myself and others? So within karma, the cause and the effect is the scientific method. It's not about punishing anyone. It's about saying, hey, how can we shift this moment so that someone else, myself included, can benefit greater than I did before? How can I show up different and not recreate the same mistakes that I did, my ancestors did, and many, many, many other beings before here? And as we become more aware, our consciousness continues to become aware, we start to realize that that really these, especially if we look at the indigenous culture, they understand how to be in harmony with this mothership, with this planet. And it's not something to take. It's not something to rape and pillage from. And that we can so learn so much and we can resurrect that within ourselves. Now, even though all these cultures have been obliterated, and it's really a metaphor that we've all been obliterated because we were them. We were the people of this planet taking care of this planet and we lost our way so there's no blame game here and that's a very other important in karmic cycles is that we participate in each other's lila and each other's dance but no one is responsible for the other person's karma that they are reconciling that they're paying back that they're they're benefiting from no one else can impede upon that because the way science works is that you already made those actions before here and now you are realizing what you need to do from here forward. And so we look at a global systemic problem with our societies and what has happened. There was something that happened before that, before the rape and pillaging happened that led up to the sum accumulation of that moment and this moment that we're experiencing right now. So how we back that down to the individual for the self is to, to really examine for self one, which is so important and we can lose our way here is what are your inner core ethics? And those ethics are those posts that help lead us in our next steps. And that's why a lot of the indigenous cultures are successful on so many levels because they understand their code of ethics mirror nature. Their code of ethics honor a relationship between the great spirit, the planet, and the animals and the plants and everything that exists there. And so that relationship is so sacred and so magical. And magical not in the way like a witch casting a spell magical in a way that it's just like a little kid on Christmas when they come out and feel the Christmas spirit and maybe the presents that were left from them by the spirit of Santa. They, there's a magic, a mystery to it that's unexplainable. And, you know, I personally have had the fortune to touch and see and experience that on so many different levels. And I am still like a little three or four year old kid going, wow, I don't grasp for it, but I'm, I'm in awe of it. And I continually ask myself, how can I show up better uh, for myself and my relations? And again, it's not always so easy because uh, with that way of life, 
uh, they're, you're susceptible to a lot of things. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that happened to the indigenous way of life is you're so integrated with nature that you're susceptible in a way that we'll go into in another talk, but you're susceptible in a way that, um, puts your, puts you in a precarious position if you're not aware. And that's one of the things when I went out to Hopi Nation on one of my trips that they said they had never seen, you know, when the, the Spaniards came in to conquest, to seek treasure, and they had never seen anyone treat the feminine that way. And this is no disrespect to any Spanish people in the modern world. But at that time, the Spaniards came in, stole their artifacts and stole their women and raped and pillaged from their land and their people. And that was very shocking. You know, that's a huge interrupt into a society that holds the female and the male in complete reverence and complete balance and complete harmony. And so we've, we've degraded from there. We justify, we justify our indiscretions. We justify our sins. We justify all our afflictions in our mind, body, spirit, and soul, because we feel we're entitled and we feel we're so entitled that we should be receiving things from our past ancestral traumas and experiences. Yet, if we just erase the slate, if we close the books on the past, meaning stop the atrocities, stop what has been perpetuated, and say, okay, how do I, just it's singular, you know, this doesn't have to be a, a global movement, but how do I, the self, want to show up better for society? And so when you start to look at the, the karmic infeed of how we can build a society up and how we can diminish it becomes very clear where the action is best put. So all those sense pleasures, all that grasping, all that objectification, objectification, all that following the lead of constructs that are being led through the mind and mind control are easy because we're being led there. Yet the self, if we stay sovereign in our mind, our body and our heart and soul, we have the opportunity to really pave a way for ourselves, And as we pave that way over the eternal soul's journey, that imprint will get stronger and stronger and the ripples will be felt further and further. And one by one, if we take responsibility, just like that, that's simply by saying, how can I have the most sacred relationship with myself, with the planet, with one another? Then if I can honor that, on a daily basis, I'm going to deepen what that means. And so as we dive deeper into this conversation around karma, cause and effect, it's a humbling process because then you start to realize that all the interactions, everything that's put on your plate as adversity, or it feels like an attack on you is part of your past actions looking you in the face. When people are um, being blunt with you, it's part of their suffering that's staring you in the face. And then it's like, how, how do I guide this to help them move beyond it? And so, you know, in the Buddhist teachings, there's a, there is a lot of just bowing down, understanding that one, all of this that we've created in our mind is, um, 
an extrapolated illusion from delusion. <laughs> and so we have to get out of the delusion before we can see really what is and shed that away. So that stillness, when we take that pause, and this is what the indigenous cultures have mirrored so beautifully to me is that there's just such a pause to sit and be with what's presented. And then from there, we have the opportunity to say, oh, wow, uh, this is what's being presented. And I have a choice here. I can sit with this for 24, 48 hours, and then I can make a choice. I don't have to engage on a personal level with my family, my friends. I can just sit and observe and then decide how I want to show up. And I can even call that out like, hey, I don't know what I want to do about that right now. I'll get back to you. Or I don't have the capacity to participate like that right now. I'll get back to you. And that's that's the opportunity for each and every one of us if we so do choose. So as I mentioned, if we bring this concept of the self and we accept that we're the pebble in the pond and that will have ripple effects, ripple effects. And except, I mean, that really just acknowledge that your cause and effect does have an impact on the tapestry of life and on your immediate surroundings and the most immediate now, and then also in the future. And so imagine you think, oh, right now I can get away with this and I can get away with that. Oh, I'm so tired of this whole pandemic thing. I'm just exhausted. But really, we're all being asked to pay back what led us to here. We're all, and I don't mean to laugh, but it's like kind of absurd. We all stole, stole something that led us to here. So all the people we're pointing our fingers at is that's a bad person and that's a bad person. We created that energy in our mind by our actions, by our words, by our desires. And now it's like, ooh, how am I going to pay back this debt? What does that look like? And so my guidance to each and every one of you is the way we pay back that debt is one, to decide how you want to meet the mile markers in the road that are showing up for each and every one of us. And that doesn't mean you just go with it just because we made bad choices in our past. It means that we can call out what right action is now. And then also we can start paving the way for a better future. We can pave the way for more sacred relationship with ourself, with each other. We can show more respect and honor for ourselves and others in this, this world system. And as, as many of you might've noticed that during this whole pandemic, we had the opportunity to see how fast Gaia mother earth regenerates and that phenomena happened because we were forced to slow down. So the blessing of it was we were forced to slow down. We saw, wow, everything regenerates. And imagine if you're, you slow down by choice and you slow down at not in fear, not in stress, that regeneration that planet Earth's going to do is going to be 20 fold to what we, we witnessed thus far. And so we've been conditioned to think like, oh, our right action, like even to repair Mother Earth has to be to create trillion dollar Green New Deals when that's not the case. If we work on our consciousness, if we work on our ethics, if we work on our relationship with ourselves, others and the world, Mother Earth, the divine within us, that 
will improve our ecosystem. And that's priceless. You can't put a price tag on it. It's not going to come out of Capitol Hill and it's not going to come out of, um, programs and technologies and all this stuff. You know, uh, what happens just by one individual, one individual in just the tribal situations that I've sat in on and participated on is remarkable. If we all build our intelligence, our inner intelligence from there, there, from the place that you have the capacity, if you're willing to work at it. And it's not something that's easily gained. This isn't faking it in a society of darkness. It's saying, oh, I'm going to make this commitment and I'm going to make this commitment to really honor what is within myself and the world system and see where that takes me, see where my attention is brought, see where I can deepen that relationship. And the, the biggest adversity will be that, you know, we are, will continually have some debt to reconcile. We'll get held many times by our positive past actions, and that'll help feed us in the moment. And then if we have the tenacity and the wherewithal, we can continue to make positive deposits in our bank account so that we can uh, succeed in our most immediate now and our most immediate near future and the future beyond here that you can even imagine. So as I was mentioning, you know, as we enter into this age of Aquarius, officially 2.15 a.m. Pacific Coast time, uh, I guess Sunday night, Monday morning, uh, we have the opportunity to understand two things that we've already paved well into the age of Aquarius by cause and effect prior to here. Yet, we've been going through a rapid cleansing period right now. And part of the orchestration has been to continue to mislead, but consciousness is already awake. People around you, all around you are mirroring things that are beneficial to our relationship to mother earth. And so it's up to you, each self to decide, what do I want to do here from here forward? What do I want to perpetuate? Do I want to perpetuate fear, doubt? Do I want to perpetuate anger, frustration, victimhood, predator behavior, addiction, affliction, violence, or do I want to transform all that into higher states of being and higher states of being means your pendulum isn't all over the place. You're not super emotive. <laughs> you're more at neutral. You're the samurai. You, yeah, you acknowledge the emotions that show up, but use those as your GPS. You don't use them to ruin the day or over conflate a day. <laughs> Meaning if you're really happy, you don't take over the whole room with your joy in a way that's not beneficial. It's more self-serving. Or if you're really upset, you don't take over the day with that upset nature that you keep that pendulum pretty tight and you hold that center point so that you can serve the surroundings. You can build people up. You can notice where someone's pendulums way out and help bring them in because that's what a tribal community would do. They'd really honor and take care of one another in a way that they knew everyone had to retain well-being in order for the society to stay healthy. So 
as you go into this era, you can say, hey, I have a choice. I can manage my emotional body, my mental body, my spiritual body, my physical body in a way that retains well-being. And as we do that, as we honor that, and then we'll be more equipped to process anything that comes up. We'll be more equipped to really enjoy uh, the passage of space with one another. And we'll understand when we have to meet adversity that, yeah, it's a time to get humble, a time to bow the head, to trust that even within those precarious moments, we can find a way to do the honorable thing. And I think I've, I've mentioned um, Garshen before. He's an amazing man and mentor uh, to me. And he, you know, chose in the Chinese evasion to be put in jail for 20 years. I mean, he literally could have had an e-ticket ride out of Tibet into freedom. But he said he would better serve the people in the prison than outside the prison. So he was tortured for 20 years. And that choice was a selfless act on so many levels. And he was taken to the point where he almost lost his love and compassion. It took 20 years being tortured every single day. He is an enlightened man walking on planet Earth. He's a man that uh, met that adversity every single day. And at his final tipping point, that was, I would have to imagine, I never asked him this question, but I would be a good one to ask. I think at that tipping point where he almost lost his love and compassion is where he had, he had that full awakening. And now he's, you know, in his very elder years, but he's still teaching and uh, working for others, meaning that he works for all beings and it's, it's been a very um, beautiful thing for me to witness because there was a choice he had to make in, that, make in that moment. And that choice was for others, not for self. And so, you know, as you go through each moment, and then we're going to go into silence and then a little sound, is that I would recommend just taking that pause. Just take a pause and evaluate what's going on here. Do I need to get righteous? Do I need to get emotional? Do I need to get reactive? Do I need to think I know best? Or is something else at play here? Am I actually being given an opportunity to pay back what I took from before here? And if so, am I better to not meet it with suffering? Am I better to not meet it with being the victim or the predator or the addict or the many other things that we perpetuate in this wheel of suffering. And if that's what you start to realize, that's a beautiful thing on the learning quest of karma. And then in those still moments, you start to see, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I, wow. And it's humbling. And that humility, when humility comes in, it's such a beautiful teacher because it softens your gaze. It helps you understand that there's something beyond self that is uh, awakening and guiding in you and that faith and trust deepens. So what I'd like to leave you with is as we're entering into this age of Aquarius and we are still in a very uncertain, perceptually uncertain time on planet earth, 
that rather than perpetuate fear and doubt and anxiety is that trust that we're paying that back and that you have a choice right now to start really paving your way in a way that feels most aligned to self and the world around you. And as you do that, you'll get clearer and clearer and it'll keep opening and blossoming. And you, you might acquiesce. You might go into a little bit of darkness and then back to center. You might go fully into some light areas and then back to center. And that acquiescing, you know, even like Garshan that was tortured for 20 years, that's a dark passage in someone's life, but he reached a level of, um, enlightenment in those final hours and during that process that, you know, weren't going to happen any other way. So that aspect of trusting what's unfolding around you and the choices we make is also super important. And then really deep, deeply listening. I would have to imagine another question I never asked him yet, uh, was, you know, did he choose that? Because karmically he felt that would be the benefit greatest benefit for all because I mean most of us would not choose to be locked up and tortured especially if we knew it was going to be for 20 years so what we're going to do right now is I've shared with some of you or all of you probably that I'm sending this track to um, my gift holiday gift which was the sounds of earth I've incorporated that into the sound segment. We're going to meditate first. There will be silence. You'll have a slight undertone of a little random rab. Um, as you're meditating in silence, which I'll guide you in, I just want you to um, just be. Forget your thoughts. If they come in and out, don't fight them. Just let them be. And then I, I, I just want you just to be. And you'll have that background sound. And then you'll hear the sounds come up. Um, and as they do just recline a little, you can go completely flat and Shavasana, but I want it to be kind of a fluid moment. Just meditate. You may stay upright when the sounds come on and then I'll lead us out at the end. But as you're going through this, just welcome yourself to really dive in to that quiet place. And you've been seated with what is possible with our karmic action on another deeper level, um, the aspect of listening and pausing and waiting before we make certain choices and then seeing if we can see the truest and highest and best, uh, for ourself and the world around us. You know, we have to stay local, stay local. We can't get so caught up in other nations. We need to vibratory frequencies only spread so far. And so it's best to feel into your community, feel into your family, feel into you and make that little circle grow from the inside out. And then if everyone does that, we'll have a really beautiful vibrating planet earth and a lot of stuff will correct itself here in outer space. That's my hypothesis. I've been talking to some astrophysicists about this. All right. So what I'd like you to do is take a nice, gentle breath in and then exhale out. Another one. Inhale. 
and exhale. Again, inhale. And exhale. Beautiful. Now I just want you to gently observe your natural breathing pattern. Just take a soft gaze at the central point down in front of you, or you can close your eyes. But if your mind's super busy, just open the eyes and lock in on a focal point. And then just let that outer world fade away, but still being awake, conscious, and present in it.
Mm-hmm. 
gentle breath into your heart center, gently breathing in and Another one, inhale, and exhale, beautiful, and now I want just to welcome you to bring your hands together in front of your heart center, and I want to welcome you to take a nice gentle breath in. And then I want to welcome you just to take a moment to acknowledge all aspects of self, simply reflecting and respecting, because this is where it starts, respecting self. Gently bringing those thumbs up to your forehead, connecting to your intuition center, your highest expression. And then if inspired, taking a moment 
to honor self, to acknowledge all aspects of self, and simply bow to self with respect. As you rise back up, connecting back to here, and uh, before I close out, I want to one acknowledge all of you for being here, taking the time to listen once again about cause and effect and karma. And I want to encourage each and what, every one of you, if you can think about how you can bring yourself in greater alignment with self, self-respect, uh, honoring self in a sacred manner, and then also honoring your physical body that way, your mental, emotional body that way. And then it ripples from there. And then if inspired, taking moments to really uh, see and if you can create a pause before you react and engage, understanding that there's a divine Leela play unfolding around us and that if you can take that pause, you can better see where your karma is ripening, where you're maybe paying back some cosmic debt, where you're being supported by some cosmic bank deposits, <laughs> interest earned. And with that, then you can say, oh, how could I serve? Where can I serve? And depending where we go before the next segment, uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit more about merit in those future segments, but see if you can just deepen that right now, uh, deepen the understanding of having that deep self-respect holding self sacred, holding others sacred, and holding this ecosystem that we were gifted to be here on sacred. And are we willing to deepen that relationship, get to deeper levels of intimacy uh, with self and others? And most importantly, with the heavens above and the earth below. So as we tip into the age of Aquarius. <laughs> uh, such a fun song to sing. <laughs> it's, uh, knowing that we put a bumpy path to begin with because we're very much still in our delusion. Yet, if we're ready to sweep the path off and start contributing in a self-aware conscious way, uh, that path can really yield some beautiful things. So, Thank you for being here. I appreciate each and every one of you that's taking the time to listen, to sit and receive. And I acknowledge each and every one of you. I'm reaching out to you in my mind's eye in this moment. And I bow to each one of you with deep respect. May I find deeper humility with each day that I'm here on this planet. And I wish you most wonderful seasonal transition no matter where you are on planet earth with a soft gaze a deep bow and a namaste have the most beautiful beautiful week I'll see you 
listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, aka She. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. Simply. 